there, friends. Welcome to the podcast of the Francis Asbury Society. Today is Monday, February 28th, 2022. And it's been a week now since we have watched in horror and shock as Russia has invaded Ukraine. And we have spent the week uh, in prayer on our knees asking God to bring peace, to bring protection over the people of Ukraine. And I'm sure... Uh, like me, you have many times been without words, knowing how to pray. Well, today at our prayer call, we spent time praying over the situation in Ukraine. And I wanted to bring that entire prayer call to you in this special episode of the podcast. And so it, this is a much longer episode than normal. We believe it's very important for us to gather together and, and pray. And we want to invite you to join us after the fact in in. in echoing our prayers to God on behalf of those in Ukraine and praying for peace. Cricket Albertson, who is director of Titus Women, leads our devotion and the spirit was most definitely at work as the the word that God gave Cricket was perfect uh, for this special time of prayer and Cricket did not know until last minute that we were going to do this. And so we're grateful for how the Lord works in those ways. We also had a special visitor, my friend Vladimir, who lives here in Kentucky and from Ukraine and still very active in ministry in Ukraine, uh, though living here with his family. Uh, He came to share with us uh, his insight and and specific ways that we can be praying over the situation. Vladimir obviously still has family and many friends and partners in ministry who were in Ukraine even now. And so Vladimir was able to give us insight that that we don't have. And it gave me fresh ways to pray, hearing hearing from him and hearing the concerns of people uh, on the ground right now in Ukraine. And so I think you will find that helpful as well. So again, we're glad that you came by and I hope you uh, enjoy this episode. But more importantly, I hope you will join us in praying, as I'm sure you are praying for the end of this war in Ukraine, praying that the Russian forces will turn back, and praying for peace and protection over those in Ukraine. Thanks so much. So we're going to turn it over to Cricket Albertson. If you, I think everyone knows Cricket. Uh, Cricket's our director of Titus Women, and we're excited for Cricket to share with us this morning. So go ahead. Hey, thank you, Josh. Let's just pray together as we get started. Father, our hearts are heavy this morning, and we come to you with the world on our hearts, and we thank you that when we join together in your name, we become um, the temple of the living God, and your spirit um, has a freedom to work and move in ways that is not possible when we just pray on our own. So Jesus, we invite you to this prayer time. We ask your Holy Spirit to think your thoughts through us and to pray your prayers through us. Thank you, that you are at work in your world and we give you this hour we have together. Would you let it be a, a holy hour, an hour that um, makes a difference because we met together in Jesus name. Amen. I've been reading in first Kings and I've been reading um, so- the story of Solomon. And I came to the story in first Kings eight of the dedication of the temple. And so Solomon is dedi- has, has done all the work of the temple and he's coming together and he's going to dedicate the temple to the Lord and pray over it. 
And as I read his prayer, I was struck by um, the relevance of his prayer to what was taking place in our world today. So I want to read one little part from uh, from First Kings 8, and then I want to read his prayer and just make a few comments about it before we hear from Vladimir. This is First Kings 8, 10. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And as we gather together in his name, there is a sense that we are the house of the Lord. We're gathering anywhere believers are gathered when they're filled with the Holy Spirit becomes the temple of his presence. And, um, and I thought, what a beautiful promise that the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord so much that they couldn't even continue ministering. And um, as we gather, that's my prayer for us as, as we gather this morning, that as we gather in his name, that his glory would fill our own hearts and our hearts corporately. Um, and he would fill us with himself in such a way that our prayers are quickened by his spirit. And then I want us to look at Solomon's prayer um, so this is Solomon's first um, Kings 8, 22. Um, and then I'm going to just read to the end of the chapter. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands towards heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven above or on earth below like you. You keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. You um, have kept your promise that what you promised your servant, David, my father, you have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, now keep what you promised your servant, David, my father saying, you shall not fail to have a man sit before me on the throne of Israel. Only if your sons take heed to their way that they will walk before me as you have walked before me. And now I pray, O God of Israel, let your word come true, which you have spoken to your servant, David. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple, which I have built. Yet regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication. O Lord, my God, listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you today, that your eyes may be open toward this temple night and day toward the place of which you said, my name shall be there. And you may hear the prayer which your servant makes towards this place. And may you hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place here in heaven, your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. Now, all throughout his prayers, we go through them. There's going to be eight different pray prayers he prays. And this is the when you hear, forgive. And I thought this was so interesting as we come to pray for Ukraine, as we come to pray for our, our brothers and sisters who are across the world, um, that as we go into his presence, as we go um, at, in, into his presence, lift our hands to him and say, Lord, would you hear us? And when you hear us, would you forgive? And I thought it was really interesting that that's how we start. So as we come into his presence this morning, Father, would you give us clean hearts? As we come into your presence, would you forgive us so that there's nothing in us that's blocking your spirit from being at work in your world? I thought that was very interesting. Um, the first thing Solomon says, and he says it over, over, when you hear, forgive. And so that this is the first prayer, the first request he brings when anyone sins against his neighbor and is forced to take an oath and he comes into and takes an oath before your altar in the temple, then hear in heaven and act and judge your servants, condemning the wicked, bringing his way on his head, justifying the righteous by giving him according to his righteousness. So the first thing that Solomon prays is when we come into your presence and there's something between neighbors, I've, I've injured a neighbor. 
or he has injured me. There's something between us. We come into God's presence and we stand there. Both of us stand there together. Right. And God judges God here, God act, God judge. And what I love about this is as we, the 18 of us or whatever we are, we come into his presence with all of our interpersonal relationships and we hold us ourselves and our relationships up before the Lord and say, Lord, you hear and you judge and judge according to the cleanliness of my heart and my brother's heart and someone else's heart. I think it's really interesting as this prayer goes on that there's this sense of to start with, is there peace between me and my brother, me and my sister? Is there peace? And do I have a clean heart? And instead of defending his own heart, he says, Lord, you judge, you judge my heart and you judge the heart of the other. As we come to pray today, I think that is, I think that has to be as we lift up our hearts to the Lord and say, Lord, look in our hearts and judge our hearts and how we're living with their neighbors near, even as we pray for ours, those that we, that are far away from us, our, our, our relationships in order here. Does Jesus need to do something new in our own relationships? Then the next thing it says in verse 33, when your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they have sinned against you, and when they turn back to you and confess your name and pray and make supplication to you in this temple, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people. Bring them back to the land which you gave them. It's interesting. He always says hear and act, hear and forgive, and then do something. So the first time is hear and act and judge. And then this time it is hear, forgive, and bring back. So when we are defeated because of sin, and then we turn our faces to him, hear, O oh Lord, and forgive, and then bring us back. I love the quote from Augustine. He says, we, we return to the Lord, not by traveling, but by loving, right? So wherever we are today, all we have to do to be back in his presence is say, Lord, hear me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm here. Lord, I love you. And sometimes I think in the stress of these days, we find ourselves kind of, uh, in a flurry. And then just that recentering of our heart, Lord, hear my prayer. Lord, I love you. Lord, I'm in your presence. And in an instant, right? We don't have to work our way. We don't have to work our way back into his presence. It's just in an instant, we are there with him again. And he's speaking to our hearts. And that's not only true for us, that's true for all of those who are crying out to him today. So those who are in dangerous places, those who are in stress, all, all that is required is that they would cry out and then he will hear and be present and bring them back. <clears throat> Then the next thing is in verse 35, when the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, that when they pray towards this place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people, Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which they should walk. Send rain on your land, which you have given them as their inheritance. So I love this. It's like when you hear this prayer, when the land is suffering because of the sin of the people, when, when we pray um, and turn to you and pray, then forgive our sins and teach them the good way in which they should walk. When, when we turn to him and allow him to be our teacher, this is the way I want you to go forward. Blessing comes to the land itself. I love that. The, the land is always included in the blessing of God. So there's like this flashing over of God's goodness when we turn to him and we say, Father, forgive. He says, I will forgive. And then I will teach you to go so that there's blessing all around you. And then the next one is in this is one is the one that fascinates me the most. Verse 37, when there is famine in the land, pestilence or blight or mildew or locusts or grasshoppers, 
when the enemy besieges them in the land of their cities, whatever plague or whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by any one individual or by all the people, when each one knows the plague of his own heart and spreads out his hands toward this temple, then here in heaven, your dwelling place and forgive and act and give to everyone according to all his ways, whose hearts you know, for you alone know the hearts of all the sons of men, that they may fear you all the days that they live in the land which you gave to them. All right, so this is when something is happening like famine or when a nation is besieged, which is what we're seeing right now, or when there is a plague in our own hearts. I think this part of Solomon's prayer came back to him at the end of his life and haunted him. When there is a plague in our own hearts, right? Then um, what do we do? We come to him, we spread out our hands before him and say, Father, hear. And, and the way Solomon prays is he will hear according to what's in each heart. He knows the hearts of all and he will teach us how to fear him. And it was interesting, I thought, as we are praying today for people who are actually under siege, that Jesus would come into each place. He would forgive, he would act, and he would give according to each one, according to what's in their own heart, so that he would judge between the righteous and the wicked in these days, and that he would accomplish his purposes so that others know his name and his goodness. In verse 30, 41, he says, moreover, concerning a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, but has come from a far country for your namesake. And listen to this, for they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your outstretched arm. When he, the foreigner, comes and prays towards this temple, hear in heaven your dwelling place and do according to all the foreigner asks, that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, that they may know that this temple, which I have built, is called by your name. What I love this is when he prays for the foreigner, there's no condition. It's not like, well, answer the foreigner's prayer if his heart is clean. No, he doesn't say that. He just says, what if a foreigner comes because he's heard that your name is here, then answer his prayers. Let him know that you're real. Let him know that you're good. When a foreigner comes to you and calls on the name of the Lord, he does not know the, the Lord. He's calling on you for the first time. Answer his prayers so that he might know you're alive and you're well and you act on behalf of those who call on you. I am finding that in these days where the darkness seems to be growing on every level, when we proclaim the name of the Lord, people begin to come. They begin to flock to it like the light, like moss to the light. There is a hunger and people are coming and people are saying, wait a minute, we hear the Lord is among you. Can we join you? And, um, and so as we pray for the foreigner, right, as we pray for those who have never been in contact with the person of Jesus before, that God would answer their prayers when they cry out, say, if there is a God, hear us now, that he would answer all their prayers that they would know that he is alive and well. And at work in their world, in our world. And then when only two more, when your people go out to battle against their enemy, wherever you send them, and when they pray to the Lord for the city which you have chosen and the temple which I have built for your name, then hear in heaven their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. That's what we're praying today over Ukraine, that God would hear the prayers for the Ukrainian people and maintain their cause. The last one, when they sin against you, for there is none who do not sin, and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, and they take them captive to the land of the enemy far or near, 
Yet when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of those who took them captive, saying, we have sinned and done wrong and have committed wickedness. When they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies who led them away captive and pray to you toward the land which you gave them, um, the city which you have chosen and the temple which I have built for your name, then here in heaven your dwelling place, their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. Grant them compassion before those who have taken them captive, that they may have compassion on them. For they are your people and your inheritance, whom you have brought out of Egypt, out of the iron furnace, that your eyes may be open to the supplication of your servant and the supplication of your people, Israel. When, when your people are taken captive and they cry out to you and they confess their sin, then would you turn? Would you forgive them? Would you have compassion on them? I love that. Give them, give compassion for even from their enemies. Let their enemies have compassion on them. These are my people marked by my name in my world. And I will take care of them and I will protect them even in the land of their captivity. And then he brings this, his prayer to a close. And then he offers all of this, the offerings and they all rejoice, right? In the gladness of heart um, as the nation commits themselves to the Lord God again. And then the interesting thing about Solomon's story, which is, is so troubling, that in chapter nine, um, and I'll close with this, in chapter nine, God comes to Solomon in a dream and says, basically, if you will follow me and love me with all your heart, then this is my promise to you. And um, nowhere really in the story of David do we have an encounter like this that there is between Solomon and, and God. And when he comes and fills the temple, and then when he comes in the dream, there's this personal sense. Solomon had all, all the possibility of an intimacy with Yahweh um, that David had, and maybe even more, right? Because he was, in a, he was in a place of peace and prosperity and blessing, and yet his heart turned away. And I thought in these days, as we get ready to start Lent, um, as we get ready to walk towards the cross, I, I'm asking Jesus um, with my own heart, laying it before him and saying, are there any places of self-indulgence? Is there any wrong between my heart and the heart of a neighbor? Is there anything I need to make right? Is there any place in my life where I'm saying, well, I don't actually need to worry about that little sin, or I don't really need to, is my heart clean? Because what we know is that when we come to him together corporately, he really, he wants us to come to him with clean hearts. And if our hearts aren't clean, he wants to, uh, to um, he wants us to allow him to cleanse them so that our prayers for the rest of the world can be heard. And that's really the message of holiness that we keep coming back to him and saying, Jesus, give me your heart for the world, your prayers to pray for the world, but keep my heart clean and free so that there's no self-indulgence. So even if I've seen the glory of the Lord come to the temple, and even if I've had a personal experience with God face to face, like Solomon, that there's a faithfulness in me that even in the hard days, there's a faithfulness that says, I want my heart to stay all his all the way through. No matter what, no matter what fears come, no matter what difficulties come. And I think that's our challenge today as we head into Lent. How do we pray well? How do we pray clean? How do we pray in such a way that um, there's an effectiveness about our prayers? There's a, we come alongside the Holy Spirit in our prayers as we pray for the world because there's nothing between. 
So that's my challenge as we head into Lent this week and as we carry Ukraine in our hearts. I'll, I'll just end us in prayer and then and then Vladimir, you can you can share with us how to specifically pray. Father, I thank that you make yourself known to us. You do not hide and you do not say you teach us how to pray and you teach us how to pray in battle and captivity and in sin, in when we've strayed, you teach us how to walk forward with you with clean hearts and pure hands. And Jesus, that's that's how we want to live. We want to live people, we want to be people who live so close to Jesus that there's nothing between us and our eyes are on your face, our ears are attuned to your voice, that we are quick and instant obeyers. We are not afraid of the future because our future is in your hands and we trust you. So, Father, would you help us as we head into Lent? Would you help us to be people um, that are living in that kind of intimacy? And we're willing to pay the price um, of self-indulgence or comfort. We're willing to, to give ourselves to you and to your world. So, Father, teach us in these days the way in which we should walk so that blessing can come to your land and your people. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Cricket for that good word. So yeah, Vladimir, if you could uh, just share with us, I mean, if you want to tell us a little bit about the work that you've been doing in Ukraine, uh, be free. Uh, and then obviously what you're hearing uh, from your people there on the ground, ways that we can be praying. And also if there's any tangible things that we can do to support, um, let us know that. So yeah, how, how much time do I have? So I would not take too much of your time. Uh, generally, this call goes for about an hour. Um, we want to leave some time for prayer. Um, so 10, 15 minutes, but you know, you, you share what, what you think we need to know. Yeah, okay. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, I, I don't follow American media too much on this, so I don't know what, what you know, what you get from uh, like US media, uh, because I'm also just in touch with, with people there. Uh, but um, a uh, big problem, like especially the last few days, they started bombing like residential areas, residential quarters, like uh, big apartment buildings and small houses. So like the first few days, you know, there was not many of those, but like last few days, it's like happening a lot, like very, very a lot. And uh, I am from Western Ukraine, my parents from Western Ukraine and uh, all our family basically here, some just some uh, relatives live there, but my wife's family is from uh, Eastern Ukraine and uh, uh, her father is in Sumy, it's like 25 minutes from, uh, 25 miles from Russian border and uh, she has uh, aunts and other relatives in Kharkiv, it's like one of the largest cities on the east and it's one of the most heavily bombed right now. Uh, so they spend a lot of time in uh, bomb shelters and uh, like uh, my wife uh, is pregnant and she, uh, she will give birth like uh, any day now, probably even any, uh, any hours. So <laughs> I'm also trying to be quick because she can call me anytime to say we need to go to hospital. But uh, one of our good friends and missionary and uh, one of my cousins just uh, had baby birth this, these days and uh, like uh, they had to go down to bomb shelter like a few hours after baby was delivered and uh, some of their friends got, even got baby deliver, babies delivered in, in bomb shelter. Uh, so it, it's very scary. I, I think you, you can imagine uh, how hard and difficult with this IV equipment with everything to go to bomb shelter is just crazy. 
Uh, but that's what's happening. Uh, what's happening there right now, and uh, yeah, it's very heartbreaking. And a uh, few hundred civilians already died, and uh, like few thousand uh, injured. Uh, we don't have exact information on military personnel how how much died and how much uh, how many died, how many injured. But on civilians, it's it's already in hundreds. And uh, one of the biggest concerns, what what we need to pray right now, what, what everybody is uh, like uh, the most afraid of, is uh, nuclear weapons and uh, uh, just an environmental catastrophe in general. Because uh, even if uh, Russians don't use military weapons uh, like nuclear weapons, there are like five uh, very big nuclear power stations in Ukraine and. Uh, many chemical chemical plants like big chemical uh, uh, in, industrial complexes so like uh, uh, even maybe even unintentional uh, rocket can uh, go there or, or bomb or artillery missile can can get there and uh, it will be like catastrophe for all the Ukraine so that's like one of the one of the biggest concern one of the biggest uh, uh, worries that Ukrainian people have and that we need to pray that this would not happen. Uh, and uh, in general, that uh, uh, they would not like uh, get big chunk of Ukrainian territory because, like, it looks like Russia goes to complete isolation. Uh, I, I think you can see like all the world just drops all the business connections, every connection. So uh, for for eight years, probably we've been uh, working as missionaries in Ukraine, like. Uh, uh, organizing the missionary teams from here and from Ukraine, from uh, local youth to, to, uh, to do kids camps and uh, like Sunday schools for um, uh, kids from Christian families and uh, uh, planting new churches and uh, training missionaries, uh, all that work. And uh, right now we will just switch to, to helping people, to, to doing like uh, helping refugees, uh, to uh, help injured people to after war will end to to restore housing to rebuild uh, like residential areas and all of that. Uh, but in if some territories will end up under Russian occupation, we will not be able to do anything there. Like it's basically end of the story. Like uh, they they uh, forbid anything any any missionary activities. West as well that no, uh, no territories will and would end up under Russian occupation. I'm subscribed to a few like uh, Twitter accounts and uh, Telegram chats. I don't know what Telegram is like uh, similar to WhatsApp, but it's more like apps that more used uh, in that region of the world. And uh, some of those show very graphic videos, images of uh, uh, what happens after the strikes and what happens to to military machines, to tanks, like, uh, I mean, in, in all my 33 years, I've never seen as many graphic videos and images as in these few days. And uh, people are getting very mad and very cruel, like on both sides, and it gets worse and worse uh, every day. So that's one more uh, rare concern that, like, um, that it would stop as, as fast as possible, because if it will go further like this, uh, consequences can be unimaginable. I mean, uh, uh, because for Ukrainians, uh, Russians just like for eight years already, they just uh, were doing everything to stop uh, like uh, the peaceful
to life, to stop uh, development, to uh, uh, to not give us opportunity to like uh, deepen our relationship with uh, other countries and stuff like that. And uh, all this Ukrainians got like you know more and more mad on Russia for, for all this stuff. And when this war started, they are like. We will remember you now for like everything that, that, that you did to us all these eight years and and uh, there is for sure many cruelties on both sides and uh, uh, people got a lot of uh, uh, a lot of armors like uh, as one uh, well in, in general that's what I uh, like wanted to share with you like uh, if you if you will I don't know how much graphic videos and like uh, uh, images with what's happening, how much of those you can see, how much is shown on, on US TV, but uh, probably real picture is even worse, yeah. most likely, because I don't think they, they show the most uh, cruel uh, part of that. So it, it's really happening. It's not just like some something made up. It's really happening. All my relatives and friends who are there, uh, they confirm that. Uh, first days they were panicking, like uh, very afraid now they're Get used to it a little bit, as much as you can get used to to danger on the street uh, every day. But uh, but it, it's really happening. It's really bad, and Ukraine really needs your prayer as much as you can. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Vladimir, and obviously our our hearts are broken for what's happening, um, and we are standing with you and your family and your people in prayer. Uh, do you know of any? I mean, obviously, in a time of war, there's not much that we can do. Um, but is there uh, any way for us to give financially in a tangible way, or do we just need to kind of wait and see for now? Uh, well, for now, uh, we started like a fundraising campaign on Facebook. If you, if you will go to our uh, our mission page on Facebook, I, I can send link to the church. I can uh, share it with you. And uh, uh, we're waiting for approval on GoFundMe. Uh, right now, what we can do, like the, the best we can do right now is uh, help uh, refugees, because as, as you said, uh, in like in hot areas, in uh, where like this war goes on, uh, you cannot like even, you cannot even transfer money there because banks are not working or anything. But uh, I have like relatives and uh, my father-in-law, he is bishop in the Sumer region in, in, in uh, Northeast Ukraine, and uh, we have a few good friends in another region. Uh, so I told them, uh, if you can do any help to people, if you have any money or you can get like from uh, from your friends or, or somebody to help people, to, to give them food, or uh, like if uh, they have some extra uh, very special needs, uh, just find money somewhere, and when this will be over, we will just reimburse it to you because like they have to uh not many of them have extra money and, and they need to keep it because you know whoever who, who can uh, what can happen next so like one of my good friends the missionary he's helping the uh, refugees with transportation he has like a small van so uh he goes back and forth uh, moving families especially like Pregnant, uh, pregnant woman and uh, uh, children, big families with many children. Those are like the first he he helps or people with disabilities. Uh, they need uh, who need like uh, extra care. Uh, so he, he helps those uh, uh, to 
to, to move them from war zone. So that, that, that's what, what we can do right now. Right. And uh, as soon as, uh, like, uh, at least, I mean, even even if uh, frontier will be established in some region, like in uh, as, as it was like for eight years before, there was like frontier line in uh, eastern Ukraine, and but the rest of Ukraine was in peace. Uh, when at least this will be established, uh, then we can do more in, in the areas that are more or less stable. We can we can help people more. Uh, but right now it's mostly uh, helping refugees and uh, and also waiting for a better time to 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 help uh, those other people sure okay well thank you for that uh good information uh if you all see on the on the chat kelly uh summed up some of the main points there uh for us so let's uh without further ado let's go into a time of prayer uh and i think what we will do is um follow cricket's uh lesson for us and let's take just a moment uh, of silence to clear our hearts, confess anything that the Lord brings to mind, um, make sure that our hearts are clear as then we go into prayer to carry our friends and neighbors uh, in the Ukraine. Um, Steve also mentioned, uh, which I thought was a good, we do need to be praying for, there are those in Russia who are protesting this war. And I know I read an article that thousands have been arrested um, because it's illegal for them to protest. Um, and so we want to be mindful of, uh, you know, the injustices happening on that side as well. Um, but our hearts are breaking, obviously, for, as Vladimir shared, just the uh, tragic, just the tragedy that's happening um, on the ground there in the Ukraine. So let's just take a moment and uh, in silence, pray, uh, clear our hearts, and then we'll, you, you just pray out loud as you feel led in the group. And uh, Cricket, are you still there to close us? She may have walked away. Uh, so uh, Jerry, could I ask you to close us after a time? Is that okay? Thank you, I see that head nod. Okay, let's pray. Father, we come with heavy hearts. We come uh, just pleading for you uh, to bring peace as only you can. Lord, we thank you for Vladimir. I thank you for uh, him taking this time to share with us. Thank you for the ministry that he has been a part of there in, in Ukraine, uh, reaching out to the younger people, uh, discipleship and mission and Lord, now as they obviously are uh, shifting focus, Lord, we just pray over uh, Vladimir's family who are there in Ukraine, over his friendships and partnerships with people, with the church. Jesus, would you protect them? Jesus, would you uh, just guard 
their steps each moment. God, raise up your church to continue to, in boldness, uh, love those around them and to care, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this terrible, terrible time. Strengthen them as only you can. We pray for Vladimir's wife uh, and uh, this coming birth of their child, Jesus. We do pray um, that that goes well. Uh, and we think of the women who are giving birth now in bomb shelters and uh, just can't even imagine uh, that. And, and Jesus, would you just be there, comfort, uh, protect, give good health, work in big ways, we pray, Jesus. God, would you hear our prayers now as we come to you uh, over the people of Ukraine? Father, you have a history and a way of using difficult times, difficult situations to turn evil on its head and to bring glory to your name. And we ask that you do it again in your wisdom and in your power. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, give not only wisdom, but clear-headedness to all those involved. And we pray especially for the Ukrainians that are suffering so much, the young men who are deciding to go back to defend their country, to defend their culture, their people. Uh, we pray for not only uh, courage in the face of adversity, but, but that clear-headedness uh, not to respond in hate uh, to hatred. Uh, Lord, we are, we are so mindful that you ask us to be salt and light in the world. And so we pray for the believers, both in Russia and in Ukraine, that, uh, that their influence might be felt and heard and seen as they respond uh, with, uh, with, the, with your spirit and uh, your attitude. We know, Lord, that you do not uh, condone the injustice. Uh, this is something that you are allowing, but Lord, we, we pray for your intervention according to your perfect will. Thank you, Father. Amen. Father, we ask that you would turn back the Russian armies, God, that there would be a thwarting, God, that you would just stop the evil schemes, uh, that you would put an end to this conflict, that Ukraine might be uh, free and at peace. God, we pray that you would send your angel armies to surround the men and women who are fighting. God, would you strengthen them? Would you shield them? Would you just make the Russian bullets and bombs uh, miss their targets and um, be made to no effect? God, we ask that you would be their fortress and their shield. God, that this 
conflict would end quickly without more casualties, without more fear. Oh God, would you come and do what only you can do. Nothing is impossible for you. We trust you and we believe you. We pray that you would get the glory um, for a good end to this conflict. Lord God, we lift Vladimir Putin to you. He's seen as and thinks he is a powerful individual. But we know that you are more powerful than him. Nothing's caught you unaware. You know what's going on. We pray for your will. We pray, Lord, that you would, would, would help us to know your will. We pray for the Christians, Lord, that as they uh, stand up for their country and their faith, that, Lord, people would be drawn to you. And so many perhaps are facing death we ask, Lord, yes, that you, you would work, that these people, all the people of Ukraine, and even those of Russia that are attacking, that those that are facing death, that somehow your Holy Spirit would speak, perhaps through the Christian people, but that they might be given that opportunity to accept Christ as their Savior and then go to heaven. Doesn't matter what they're doing. They could they could be a, you know, a soldier fighting. Uh, you know, from the Russian army, but the thief on the cross wasn't any better, and you took him to heaven. Lord, we ask that you would help us to see your will in all of this. We don't understand. We ask that you would be with with uh, the United States president and, and all the leadership here and give them wisdom. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would be with, with all of us, that we might put our trust in you, not be fearful, uh, he even here at a holiness camp, I've had people concerned that we might be entering into a, uh, you know, a third world war. If Putin were to use nukes, would we respond? And 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 so much, Lord, we pray that you would cast out all fear, not only in us but in in those in the Ukraine. May they look to you for their salvation. Yes, amen, amen. Father, I pray for all the mamas who are trying to take care of young ones, um, either either trying to get out of the country or ones who have made it to Poland or ones who are still in Ukraine, hunkered down somewhere trying to keep children safe. And, and Jesus, I pray for each one each individual situation that you would step in and you would hear um, the cries and the prayers that are being prayed in the Ukraine. Thank you that you are a God who hears prayer. And I ask that you would intervene for the weakest of these and that you would put your hand of protection and that if food is needed, that you would provide. And if water is needed, that you would provide and that you would step in in the very practical necessities of everyday life for those who are trying to make a way for for the young, the young Ukrainians, Jesus, would you fight for them? And then, Father, I pray for the ones who are fighting, the 18-year-olds, the, the ones who are... Um, 
who really don't know what they are doing. I pray, Jesus, that you would give them wisdom and you would give them protection. And as they cry out to you, even if they don't know you, but as they cry out to you, that you would hear and you would answer and you would make yourself known in all parts of the Ukraine today. I pray in, in the in all parts, that you would hear the cries that are being um, prayed and the prayers that are being prayed and you would answer and you would step in. And we do ask for protection, Jesus. We do ask that you would just um, keep Putin from doing anything, Jesus, that would, that from moving any farther and incline his heart, Jesus, to just, to just call the troops back. I do pray that you would put a wall of fire around every believer, around every family, and that you would you would make yourself known in Russia as well as in the Ukraine. We just, we pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you that you are at work. Thank you for what you're doing. And we trust you, Jesus. And we look to you um, in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. Our heart unites in this burden for Ukraine and for the many tragedies and stories and uh, bomb shelters and things that we, we don't know about, but we know you know about. So I pray that in each and every case, Lord, you'd, you'd make it personal. But we've also just come to realize in the last few minutes that Dr. Mark Eckert of the Indiana South District Wesleyan Church passed away yesterday of a massive heart attack. So here's a family and a church family and a circle of friendships that have all been impacted by a sudden death of a leader, a father, a grandfather, all that he is to so many people. So Lord, we know there's tragedy in many, many families as we've had the loss of loved ones and many of these on the call have in Ukraine and other places. But oh God, we're thankful you're the God of the world, the God of all the ages. We're thankful that you, you are still in charge and, and you are the God of comfort as well in the midst of the trouble. So we ask you today to just, to, be Jesus, uh, Lord, we, we come to you. Uh, we've learned this week, of course, you are love, but, but as you are the love of our lives, Lord, we, we ask for your embrace in a special way in Jesus' name. Lord, we were asked to pray for Leonard Fitch, and I, I don't know him personally, but he has a pretty bad infection in his leg and has prayer and we just lift him to you right now that, that your healing power would flow into his body in such a way that the doctors, the nurses, those who care for him, family members would know that undeniably it was your healing and not so much the doctors. Father, thank you. Thank you for when we pray, you hear our prayers. We thank you for the beautiful prayer in 1 Kings chapter 8. We thank you that as we turn our hearts toward you, you will listen and you will forgive. And Father, we pray for a huge turning of hearts toward you 
in Eastern Europe right now in the name of Jesus, that leaders in Belarus and Russia, Russia, Ukraine, Poland, all those countries, Father, we pray for a turning toward you in the name of Jesus. Many of us, including my family and I, have, have given so much of our lives to, to helping people to see you and Vladimir right now in this ministry throughout Ukraine and so many others. And we pray, Father, for a turning toward you in the name of Jesus. We pray for protection from the people of, of Ukraine and Central Europe from nuclear and, and environmental disasters as so many of our team went in after the Chernobyl disaster and know the long lasting effects of, of one small uh, nuclear leak. Pro Father, we pray for your protection in the name of Jesus. We pray that, that Vladimir and his ministry will not be held back anymore that uh, even through this disaster, your word will go, th will go uh, strong and clear in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that the voices within Russia will be heard as there are thousands of Russians protesting against this war. We pray that they might be heard, and even as they're imprisoned, I think 5,000 so far have been imprisoned, that they might somehow shout and be heard that this is not what uh, so many in Russia want to happen. And Father, we know that nothing will stop you. There's nothing, as we see in Romans 8, nothing will stop your power, your grace, your love. And so we pray that somehow you will reign over all of this tragedy in Ukraine in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for the, I think there are 10,000 Ukrainians right here in central Kentucky. Is that true, Vladimir? Is it 10,000? Many, many thousands of Ukrainians here in central Kentucky, and we pray for them as they have family members throughout Ukraine. And, and uh, yeah, what do they do? What do we do? How do we pray? Father, all of us carry other, um, other uh, unspoken requests, and we pray that you hear the prayers of our hearts. And we're just thankful, Father, that you are a trustworthy God, that you're a God who hears our prayers day in and day out. And we thank you for hearing our prayers today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, thanks again for checking out the podcast. Not much more from me. We appreciate you stopping by. If you need more information about the Francis Asbury Society, as always, check out our website, www.francisasburysociety.com. Dot com. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.